0: You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening? And Welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast, your episode for Tuesday, June the 11th, and today we're talking Rui Hachimara. Today, after a crazy night in the NBA Finals, this is your boy, Matt Shook a sports writer here in Detroit City covering the NBA for the Detroit News and the Associated Press, Pistons fan and follower my whole life, and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. Big night in the NBA, excited to talk about it here. On the Lockdown Pistons podcast, also going to look back for a second about Bob Myers, the strange press conference there, all you need to know about Game 5, of course. Break down the mistakes of Nick Nurse. Finally get some to talk some junk about him in defense of Pistons coach Dwayne Casey. We've been waiting a long time for this. And like I said, also going to talk a little bit about Rui Hachimura on the Pistons draft profiles today. But give me a follow on Twitter by the way at Matt underscore shook S C H O C H. Another underscore after that, also the Locked on Pistons Twitter account. And check us out on Facebook at Locked On Pistons-Matt Shook. But today's show brought to you in part by hotels.com. Don't hate like your friends' trips Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. The Warriors last night, Monday night in Toronto showed the heart of the champion staving off elimination with the 106-105 to 105 win on Monday night bringing the series back to close to even at 3-2, to two, still in favor of Toronto there. But getting the win in front of the hungry Canadians, the bloodthirsty Canadians, as it turns out. What was that all about, Canada? Man, turns out they're not quite as polite as maybe we thought. And spoiler alert, they're really not that all that polite, to be honest. Kind of a public act that they've been portraying forever, in my humble opinion. But anyways, I digress away from the uh, blanket stereotypes about how Humble and nice that the our Canadian brethren is to talk more about hoops. Clay and Curry with the big threes at the end of the game, part of a 9-0 run to pull them back from the grave. Down six with about three minutes left after the twelve-to-two uh, Toronto run. More on that one a little bit later. But in the end, Kawhi Leonard has the ball down one, eight seconds left to go. Andre Iguodala comes with the double team to help Clay Thompson and uh, Kawhi passes it off to Van Vliet. Livingston is all over him as Van Vliet tries to drive, actually does a pretty good job of driving and kicking, forcing the pass to the corner to Kyle Lowry, who has Draymond Green bearing down quickly on him. Not a lot of time for Lowry, rushed in the corner. Gets it slightly blocked off the side of the backboard. Ball game there. Um, I had kind of my own J.R. Smith moment as I was watching I I saw Steph Curry uh, celebrating wildly. He was kind of had his arm pointed as he was running off the court. And I thought, wow, that's pretty bold to uh, celebrate that much after, you know, going to overtime here. But uh, obviously, like I said, have my J.R. Smith moment. It was a win. It wasn't overtime. But, uh, man, it just kind of threw me off. Maybe it was the whiskey. I don't know what it was. But a night of hoops that was pretty amazing. So, uh a nice treat for for basketball fans we endure we endure the season sometimes with some of the things that are annoying about the NBA but glad we got an, at least one more night of hoops coming up on Thursday 31 points for Steph Curry in a must-win game 26 for Klay Thompson those guys were terrific uh 14 big points in 20 minutes for DeMarcus Cousins big baskets right after the Durant injury KD by the way 11 points got the start Played into the, the I believe, the early second quarter was when the injury happened. Three for three from beyond the arc before he went down. Big time salute to him. I know we talk a little, bit, a lot of junk about Kevin Durant. Uh, you know, probably pretty clear at this point that he shouldn't have played in this game, as it turns out. But got to give him props to the guts that he had for trying. Not that we should be ripping on guys who, um, you know, are not playing through injuries. This is something that we don't really do a lot on here. And something we shouldn't really do is is injury talk. I know there's a lot of Twitter out there that's uh, talking about the medical staffs and and how, who's bad and who's good and uh, and what injuries should be. You know, it, it, these are all individual bodies, so obviously they react differently to every kind of injury, and we just don't know. Sometimes we just don't know the story, so I don't quite know. I don't quite understand why. What gives someone on the outside the authority to talk about certain injuries? and to talk about why guys should be playing or why guys shouldn't be playing. And I think that that kind of Twitter and that kind of sports fandom gets a little bit of a black eye when, you know, Kevin Durant tries to overcome something that he probably shouldn't have tried to be doing, and now he might miss all of next season because of it. Now, obviously, we don't know the extent of his injury at this point. As I taped this early afternoon on Tuesday, maybe he is able to uh, start next season just fine. But if it's a torn Achilles based on the fact that he pressed it and tried to come back early from an injury that he shouldn't have, well, you know, maybe, and, and obviously this all comes down to Kevin Durant, but uh, cer- certainly there'd be some culpability for the Golden State training staff and, uh, you know, as, as it goes down the line uh, as uh, as we go from there. But uh, in the loss, Kawhi Leonard, 26 points and 12 rebounds, he really was not very good for most of the game until he had that stretch during that 12-2 to run where he took over and looked like he had lifted Toronto over the, over the edge and, and and had them winning the championship until uh, big baskets from Steph and, and, and Clay Thompson from three. And, man, talk about Clay Thompson. When that guy goes up with a big shot from three, um, very rarely do you feel so confident in someone that that's, that's going to go in, mostly based on the, the great form and the great percentages that we've seen throughout his career from three, but uh, just ice cold uh, by that guy there. But for Toronto, the vets, Kyle Lowry and Marcus All. Both played well, 18 and 17 points respectively there. Siakam, after the outstanding game won, a lot of you guys wanted to call him the MVP of the NBA Finals. Kind of no-showing now. Uh, Fred Van Vliet and Ibaka were solid off the bench. I I mean, I'm all in on this series. This is great. I love that we've got some drama. It's what we've been missing the last couple years. One of my main criticisms of the Kevin Durant decision is it kind of ruined the NBA. You get kind of this inevitability of the champion, and that's what we've had for At least two years, probably more than that, although LeBron has added a level of drama that's kind of been the focal point of the NBA for really the past decade, but uh, especially the last four years, kind of watching him drag bad teams to the championship and or the NBA finals. So um, it's the NBA at his apex right now. I get the offseason ramifications with Durant and others. Kawhi, of course, a bit of a tortured sports fan base in Toronto trying to get over the hump. Sports, uh, t- tortured sports fan country might be a better way of um, uh, characterizing it there. And, and then the teetering dynasty. I always love the uh, the dynasty trying to hold on. Great stuff, great drama. Game six continuing the series on Thursday night back in Oakland. The last game in Oracle history. A 9 p.m. start there for us here in the Eastern time zone. Uh, the early line is Golden State favored by three. But uh, I've got some more thoughts. I've got I've got some some Nick Nurse talk after the break. A little Bob Myers talk as well. That'll be coming up here on the show. But Himalaya, it's free. The podcasting app. It's super easy to use. Every single podcast you love and are searching for. Personally curated playlists made just for you by our expert podcast taste makers. All you need for your podcast experience. And when you get in your car, go ahead and tell your smart device to play podcasts locked on Pistons. Yeah. A little bit later on, we're going to talk about Rui Hachimura and his draft possibilities for the Detroit Pistons. But thanks to Untuck It for sponsoring Lockdown Pistons. If you were looking for a great last-minute Father's Day idea, their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com, promo code NBA, to get 20% off today. But I wanted to talk about Nick Nurse a little bit Um, You know, obviously Pistons fans interested in the first-year Raptors coaches. He was kind of the guy who unceremoniously replaced Dwayne Casey in Toronto. The Raptors go on that 12-2 run, take a six-point lead with three minutes left in the game, and immediately Nick Nurse calls a timeout after that, kind of the opposite of what you would expect for an NBA coach. What the hell was that? Kind of The coaching 101, it goes completely against that book there where your team's on a run and you'd stop the momentum by calling a timeout. The team got stagnant after that. Golden State was able to settle themselves. Like I said, you'd think it was a Steve Kerr timeout looking back on it. After a few possessions, they were able to get looks for Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, dragged them back into the game. And meanwhile, after Nurse called timeout, uh, he apparently didn't draw anything up well on offense. The Raptors looked terrible on the final few possessions, and that was that. Um, You can kind of contrast that with our guy here in Detroit, Dwayne Casey, and by the way, you know, these things are cyclical. I'm talking um with reverence about Dwayne Casey right now, and I'm sure there will come a day 2 or 3 years from now when we don't talk about Dwayne Casey with as much uh reverence as we might do right now. But my approval rating for him, by the way, and maybe this will be a separate segment we'll do at some point in this offseason, but after after year 1 since I'm hiring since his hiring, that my approval rating for him has gone up. I, I was probably about a B or so on him grade-wise when he got hired. I'm now at like a B plus, maybe even an A minus, on his job performance so far. Not outstanding, not great. So we'll probably stick with a B plus there. But uh, and again, part of that is the newness of it. That's just how the things work. As as time goes on, and, and you think about the collective failures over years stacked up on each other, uh, things get tougher, uh, and you start to thinking about the hot seat and, and moving on and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Dwayne Casey gets high marks here for the the culture he's instilled and all that good stuff in year one with Detroit. But the the knock on Dwayne Casey and the justification of hiring Nick Nurse in Toronto, and and Nick Nurse has justified the change in many ways during this postseason run. He has the Raptors one win away from a championship. There's no doubt about that. But we we know that Kawhi Leonard and and no LeBron James in the East are the main reasons for Toronto's success. But hats off to Nick Nurse and what he's been able to do um, thinking about the box and one that he made on Steph Curry when the Warriors were very shorthanded, uh, the rotations he's done, uh, shortening things up with the Toronto bench has been on point. He's been continuing to give Fred Van Vliet minutes and, and that's been something that's paid off throughout the, uh, post season sticking with Danny green, even when his uh, shooting was a disaster during the conference finals. Um, the defense that he's set up for golden state's top players has been solid throughout this post season um somehow getting nice performances from a very hobbled Kawhi Leonard you got to give hats off to the coaching staff and the organization for how they've handled Kawhi's load management this season despite what looks like a maybe a chronic knee injury that he has um in his leg as, after having the uh, the the hobbled quad throughout his time the end of his time in San Antonio um I don't think the same can be said for Dwayne Casey Uh, In terms of the load management of Blake Griffin and the other top players, Andre Drummond and Reggie Jackson for the Pistons as well in his first season in Detroit. However, um, with the late game situations that uh, was thought to be a bugaboo for Casey and one of the reasons that he was uh, removed in Toronto, uh, there are a lot of examples of Dwayne Casey coaching his butt off down the stretch of games this season and the regular season for Detroit, most notably at Detroit. I'm sorry. At Toronto in his homecoming win there in the Great White North, had Stanley Johnson DN up on Kawhi Leonard, sticking with him down the stretch there uh, for big minutes in the fourth quarter, drawing up the the great play for Jose Calderon to find Reggie Bullock for the win at the buzzer. Um, so you know suffice to say, Dwayne Casey saved a little face this year after an embarrassing following following his coach of the year season. In Toronto. Now, year two for Dwayne, there's going to be bigger demands for player development. We got to see strides from the Bruce Browns, Kyrie Thomases, and Sophia McIluc's of the world. Thon Maker throw into that category as well. Uh, a coach has been lauded for his player development, his uh, use of the G League, all that stuff that uh, did well for guys like Pascal Siakam in Toronto, the um, Fred Van Vleets and uh, Jakob Portals of the world who. Turned into pretty good players after being just, uh, you know, fairly unheralded prospects uh, while they were picked or when they came into the league. So year two, bigger demands, bigger expectations for Dwayne Casey. We'll see how that goes. And uh, But yeah, uh, a, a nice, uh, for the Dwayne Casey uh, defenders of the world out there, Monday night provided a nice little relief from the uh, slam dunk of a hire and performance that Nick Nurse has been. Throughout year one, and uh, most importantly, into the his first postseason as the head coach of the Raptors. But also, how about that Bob Myers press conference, the general manager of the Golden State Warriors? I don't know. It uh, conspiracy theory seemed a little fake to me. Uh, watch it again. Um, lots of sniffing and breaking of the voice. Lots of inhaling as if you're crying, but uh, no real crying. No, uh, no tears. And, and different people uh, grieve differently, I guess. But remember, this is like probably about two hours after he would have gotten the news that it was an Achilles injury. And the MRI suggests that, you know, we'll kind of see what happens today. There's still a bit of uncertainty about the extent of that injury. Um, had a big victory there, saved the season. So there should be a little bit of happiness. It's not like Bob Myers just found out that Kevin Durant was injured. I don't know. Watch it. Watch that again. What, go on, go on, Uh, YouTube, watch the press conference again with the open mind that it might be a guy fake crying, and let me know what you think. Uh, What we've kind of learned about front office executives, and maybe Bob Myers is the exception of this group, maybe he's um, more human and more uh, empathetic about others than he is about his own image and own job security, but these guys know they're getting fired, or maybe they're going to move on to a different job at some point. That's the reality of running a pro sports team. And, and we know Bob Myers is rumored to be involved with the Lakers at some point. Uh, Sterling reputation around the league. A lot of credit for him for putting together the Warriors organization. Although, you know, we talk about these guys, uh, you know, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. Those guys are the, the reasons that the Warriors are winning. It's not Bob Myers, you know, getting lucky that Steph Curry fall, fell to him in the draft or, or Kevin Durant deciding that he wants to take the easy way out and go play with the Warriors. Um, A former agent, you know, all that stuff, good reputation around the league, but he's trying to keep his job or trying to angle for the next job. And we see that with the Pistons front office. It's why I've been critical of the fact that we're coming up on, um, you know, we're we're, we're past year one of the Ed Stefanski era. He was hired on May 24th of last year. Not a single notable move for the front office with a team still stuck in neutral. But with Bob Myers, the way that he talked about KD publicly – with such reverence, um, you know people don't understand this guy. Uh, lines up with, with exactly how Steph Curry was talking about KD in the Scott Van Pelt interview on SportsCenter after the uh, Bob Myers interview. Just so much reverence for Kevin Durant. It, it feels kind of fake. Um, now, obviously, we we know that the Warriors and there's a lot of straw man out there now with people that are saying. Uh, of course, you know, for all the people who said the Warriors are better without KD, I don't think there was any like really serious people that were saying that. Um, obviously, the Warriors are better with KD in the lineup, um, and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, those guys want KD on on the court and on the team because he's a great player. But Golden State with Bob Myers and Steph Curry, they're also thinking about future free agents, thinking. How am I going to fit into this mix if, if they're looking at, at being Golden State, being the next probably lesser version of Kevin Durant as kind of a free agent mercenary who's going to come in and try to help boost the Warriors who are obviously already very good or great and make them even greater. But um, it's something important about this offseason to think about. If KD leaves Golden State, which is the belief around the league, how do they replace him with the Warriors? Who is that guy? they got to be back to kind of recruiting mode at some point. And I thought these interviews were kind of something like that. But something else to think about with uh, with KD, with the injury, is if he's got a very serious thing and he's going to miss next year or a lot of next year, he's got a an option that he can pick up at, I believe, $31.5 million. I mean, he might as well rehab with the Warriors, possibly even come back for the second half of the season, maybe the whole playoffs, or maybe he's ready to go on opening night. We don't know the extent of the injury. At this point, but maybe he picks up that option and stays in Golden State and rehabs with the team he kind of gave it his all to in the finals for for one more run to try to uh, get him over the top or get him back into this series. So just, but I've a night that was just a strange look for the Warriors, a strange team, strange drama. But it's certainly compelling, especially right now. If I'm being honest, and I'm the biggest, been the biggest KD and Warriors uh you know, critic and hater on this podcast, I have found myself rooting for these guys in the finals, really for the first time. And it feels like uh this will put them if they can win this series, get back, win these last two games, I feel like it's gonna put them in my mind into a new and highly canonized category of all time greats if they can pull it off this series some way, somehow. But remember Himalaya is the podcasting app that you should be checking out. It's free, super easy to use. Every single podcast you love and are searching for out there, they've got the theme collections of shows that uh, can help you with your podcast discovery. You can find everything from comedy to mystery, thrillers and sports, everything you want from your podcast life. Find and download Himalaya on the App Store or Google Play Store. And don't forget to follow Locked On Pistons. Once you're there, up next, we're going to talk about Rui Hachimura of Gonzaga. I'm going to tell you why I don't want him for the Pistons. That's up next here on the Lockdown Pistons podcast, which is a proud member of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. Today's show also brought to you by GRIP6 Belts, the ultra lightweight belt with no holes, no flap, a great Father's Day gift. Go to GRIP6. We have a special offer for you at GRIP6.com L-O-C-K-E. Again, that's grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E. Wanted to talk a little bit about Rui Hachimura of Gonzaga as we continue our draft profiles on the Lockdown Pistons podcast. First team All-American for the Zags. The college production and the numbers are just sterling. Average 19 points and six rebounds along with one and a half assists. Not very strong there in terms of a playmaker, but um, you know, 40% from three or 41% from three, but only shot like 36. So not really a three point shooter as we speak, but someone who projectively could get there. 74% on the line from, from, uh, from free throws for college. So, you know, pretty good shows that you can, uh, he has the touch to become a necessary, um, three point shooter down the line. So we'll see about his production there, uh, down the line, good size at six foot eight, 240 pounds, A nice wingspan for him, too. A crafty player in college. Born in Japan, so he likely will be the first Japanese born first round pick in NBA history. Skipped the combine, didn't even show. Uh, Same thing for Zach Collins of Gonzaga, I believe, a couple years back. Kind of a mini Gonzaga Mark Few tradition that's going on right now with some of these guys. But um, again, with Rui Hachimura, I don't like his defense. Um, Offensively, he's got a decent first step and should be able to create some matchup problems. But uh, like I said, too slow on defense, unaware on defense, just a long way to go there. Uh, But with some of these guys, it feels like he's – I don't see the projections. I don't see where this guy becomes a very good NBA player. I think with the Pistons, you need to kind of maybe take more shots on guys that have potential to grow their games in large ways. Very productive college player, but I kind of see – that uh, you know, the best basketball of his career has already been played at the college level. I put him in the category of a Grant Williams from Tennessee, another outstanding NCAA player, another outstanding college player, very productive at the college level. But again, I just don't like the upside. I don't see it. For with Grant Williams, I particularly don't like – I don't see how he gets buckets in this league. I saw him struggle in five-on-fives against NBA-caliber athletes at the draft combine, and I kind of see that – also happening with Rui Hachimura. Um, I just think about the defense on guys like Kawhi Leonard, guys like uh, you know Giannis Antetokounmpo. I know those guys are impossible to cover in a lot of ways, but I just don't see how those guys are able to hang with, with guys like that. Whereas the more projectable athletes, the more projectable NBA type of skills, um, I think I need to see more of that from potential prospects than what I'm seeing from these guys who are just kind of well-rounded very good college players who can uh, get the inches that they need to get over or get by players in the Pac-12 or players in the SEC. I just don't see at the NBA level how these guys translate very well. I think they're role guys. I think they're guys that can help your team a lot. I think of a, a draft pick like Denzel Valentine out of Michigan State with the Bulls when I think of these guys. Kind of just safe mid-first-round picks, late lottery early outside of the lottery guys who like I said safe they'll be your eighth man for many years but just not the upside candidates that I feel like the Pistons need not the guy who can go out there and become possibly the third fourth best player on a pretty good team at the peak of their careers which I think is what the Pistons should be looking for in this draft so uh, thumbs down on Rui Hachimura and even more so on Grant Williams of Tennessee so um Himalaya, as we've talked about, the free and super easy to use podcasting app has every single podcast that you love or are searching for. You can follow and listen. Listeners can follow their favorite shows and creators, give the thumbs up or thumbs down. Go ahead and find and download Himalaya on the App Store or Google Play Store. Don't forget to follow Locked on Pistons once you're there as well. I mean, you're getting into the podcasting world. It's a little bit unwieldy. There's so many out there. You want to find somewhere where you can find the best podcasts, organize it well, and uh, use it like a social media network. It's a really good app. I encourage you to check it out. But this is your host, Matt Shook of the Locked on Pistons podcast saying, hey, we'll be back tomorrow with some more Locked on Pistons draft content, talking about the NBA Finals as well. Looking forward to this next ride for we as we uh, lead up toward the June 20th draft. It's next week. It's going to be coming here before you know it. So we got some more profiles and people to talk to about the draft as well. So talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.